she has my face. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. Hey, welcome to Old Timey Crimey. I'm an uncomfortable Christy. I'm a pleasantly bemused Scott. <laughs> so, how's your week going, Scott? Week's been week's been pretty good. Week's been pretty good. I've been working at, you know, trying to like find the ins and out of doing voiceover work and voice acting, getting that stuff down. Uh, one of my good friends, May, she is getting into photography, so we've become success buddies. I encourage her in photography. She encourages me in the voice acting. We uh, we went out to the... Uh, oh, if you look it up, it's called Eliza Furnace. Uh, it is a massive, massive uh, twisted fist of stone that, that they used to melt... That's a good I, yeah. It, that they used to melt iron ore in. And we should actually do... We should actually do probably an episode on the Eliza Furnace, just because... Is there a crime related to it? Uh, if you consider suicide a crime. I don't consider it a crime, necessarily. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But I'm sure we can find some way to weasel it in. <laughs> probably. Yeah. We're good at that. <laughs> yeah, but it was it's interesting because the owner actually commits suicide inside the furnace. Oh my god. That's um, crazy. Yeah, his his business partner had run off with his wife, Ugh. and his uh, I mean his everything was financially in ruins because the quality of the ore in Vintendale is substandard. Mm-hmm. And then to make things even worse, his boy falls in the furnace and dies. Oh my god! So it's like everybody went, "Well, I wonder why he killed him." It's probably a combination of all three, plus about ten other things we probably don't know about. Mm-hmm. But it it was a beautiful day, uh, suicide, notwithstanding, <laughs> notwithstanding. <laughs> um, but yeah, just had a blast. Just had a blast That's going fantastic. out there and hanging out with a good friend. Good. How how have you been? <laughs> I. Have the face of a dead woman, apparently. Well, you should probably give that back to the family. <laughs> yeah, I should. They they probably would want that. I shouldn't have taken it in the first place, but I didn't mean to. So yeah, researching this was very. Um, I'm gonna go with interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, I I actually I I was the one I found the case. I just kind of like skimmed through a couple articles, just making sure. You know, that's what I do. I make sure there's enough material for mm-hmm. us to work with because sometimes they're just not. You exactly. Know? That, Hence, and it can be a five minute crimey in that case, but um, but yeah. So I found it. I didn't really look closely at the pictures until I actually started researching. Which I, I start researching on Wednesday for a Thursday podcast. <laughs> that's just with everything. That's how it schedules out. And I spend the whole day researching generally. Uh, and um, I zoomed in on the picture of her laying in the bed. And she's she's smiling at the camera. And it's my face. See, I have It's this... literally my face. It's my face, Scott. It's my face. I, I see this in the mirror. It's who I am. It's me. I saw it on Friday because I start researching on Friday because I'm not nearly as good as you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a procrastinator. So it was a thing where I saw it and I went, wow, that really looks like Christy. But anybody that knows me kind of kind of knows that I'll look at a person and go, you know who you remind me of? Mm-hmm. you know. And it's like I, I kind of make those jumps. I see like, you know similarities in facial features 
Um, you know, for example, Jackson looks like that guy that shot the, uh, that, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the, the guy from the shootings in, was it the... I think oh, it was either Wyoming or Colorado. Was it the Aurora shootings? The theater Yeah, shoot- no, no, not the theater not shootings. Not the theater shootings, no, no, this it was, was the, the congresswoman. Yeah, exactly, the congresswoman who was almost assassinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, he brought that up yesterday. He, he's like, isn't it funny that I look like a murderer and you look like a murder victim? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we're perfect for each other, there, baby. There it is, two peas in the pod. Yeah, it's been very, very creepy because I've had to see that. And as you know, I, I, I messaged you yesterday because I was about to just back out and just be like, it's Scott can do it because I can't. I yeah. couldn't go any further at one point, especially after one of the articles I read. At the very bottom, they had a little disclaimer that said the picture was taken after her death. Postmortem photography. And that, it, I mean, the timing would be right. It was the time when they did that. And I just went into it. Absolute tailspin. I mean, I already felt like it feels like somebody, every time I look at it, it feels like somebody taking a chunk out of my soul. I know that sounds super dramatic, but when you look at that face and it's like you're looking in a mirror, but you're looking at a woman who is long dead, it is so damn creepy. And it just, it feels almost like a violation, even though I came along long after her, right, you know? Right, And so... Yeah, uh, I, I I was about to back out, especially when I saw that. I, I had a panic attack. I was sitting there hyperventilating. I'm like messaging Jackson. He's like, do you need me to call you? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> and I, I, I think reason finally kicked in. And I was like, and I was also having a back and forth with friend of the show, Jamie. Uh, and she was, she was like, you know, the dead can't smile, but as, as we discussed, they actually can. But like, would it be, would they bother, would they do that with a murder victim? You know, the police aren't going to do that. They're not going to let her, you know, the, the, the people, we won't spoil it yet, uh, but they, they won't let any suspects, like, you know, I'm sure they're not going to let them take the body and do that. It just seems, it just seems wrong. So yeah. I don't think it's a photo of her after death. And there's also another one very similar with that I think was probably taken at the same time with her and her baby daughter. And the timing that I could find from the, the photograph, because uh, it was taken by a, a, a somewhat famous photographer of the day, was uh, that it was it, around 1907, and uh, she she was still alive then. So, so yeah, I, I managed to calm down, but it was still, it was very difficult, because every single article has that exact same picture. Uh, the one, she's lying in the bed. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's probably going to be the cover photo. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Possibly side by side with my face. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and she's got her hair braided in a crown, um, and she, she's she's smiling, and she... Just... And I think that's the killer. The killer, yeah. I, yeah, because I, it yeah. is, the smile is dead on mm-hmm. to what Christie's smile is. I sent uh, Jackson a message. I was like, uh, "I think this this woman looks this murder victim looks looks kind of like me right around the around the the smile and <laughs> right. Uh, she looks kind of like me right around the every goddamn thing." Yeah, and then I said, then I said, and also around the nose and and around the eyes. And I honestly thought I was imagining it. I thought it was just me, and no, I thought the, it would go away as time went on. But every time I looked at her, she just looked more like me. Yeah, I I saw it. I didn't want to say anything because, like I said, I I looked down and went, wow, that really looks like Christy. Wow, that really looks like Christy. But I, I make a lot of leaps. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it has anything to do with the colorblindness, my imagination, mm. some sort of combination of the two. Because I'm starting to realize as I'm talking to more and more people, my colorblindness actually affects the way that I see people. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I guess it would. Yeah, yeah I, I, have, I have a friend who is half black, half Chinese. Mm-hmm. She does not look black to me. 
Oh, yeah, she, that would make sense. She looks very, if I would see her on the street, she'd be very Filipino. Mm-hmm. And honestly, her skin tone and mine, and I am the ultimate Caucasian, uh, I am three steps above albino, but her skin tone and mine, we kind of put our arms side by side, I can't really see a difference in our skin tone. Because, and it has to be because hmm. of the colorblindness. Oh, yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Let's let's get to this. Should we talk about a, 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 a poor murder victim who has my face? Yes. Well, actually, no. I should... Refer, who I have her face. Yes. Uh, yes, this is O.C. Sneed. Uh, my sources uh, are the Malefactors Register, uh, Providentia, of course, the Wikipedia article, which was something, uh, Virginia Memory, and uh, The Lineup, which always just has, like, great articles. Yeah. They have, they have yeah. really good stuff. So, yeah, that's my stuff. My stuff is the Malefactors Register as well, mm-hmm. the Wikipedia article, and Murderpedia. Okay, excellent, excellent. So, so yeah, this is a story of O.C. Sneed. Uh, we should probably, I mean, you've seen the episode title probably, but it's just, her name is so off that I feel like we should, this is a nickname. It's a nickname for Oceana, Oceana. I couldn't really find it, any definitive pronunciation. It's a very pretty name, but O-C is spelled O-C-E-Y. Just so people don't think that we're talking about, you know, a, a, a dramatic teens TV show about mm. the Orange County that was in the 90s or right. early 2000s. Or maybe her name is Orenthal Kames. <laughs> yes. Definitely that was what they named her. No. Her name was Oceana Wardlaw Martin and she was born in 1885 to one Caroline Wardlaw Martin. And boo, boo! Caroline! Boo! Caroline! Caroline. You'll see why. You'll see. And the boos are deserved. And uh, Colonel Robert Maxwell Martin. Big hero of the Confederacy. Yeah, yeah. That's not something you want to be a hero of, but at least not now. Not once 1865 hit. Caroline is not tightly wrapped. No, 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 no. She's not. To say the least, Caroline is not tightly wrapped. I can't imagine living with this woman. It must have been just pure torture all the time. She she also seemed to have this, they, they called it hypnotic power over people. She could just make people do what she wanted. We're going to see throughout this, her making people just bend to her will. It's terrifying. It's almost Rasputin-esque, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, but I mean, even even with this weird power of suggestion Mm -hmm. that she's able to kind of tendril people in with, even at that, I mean, this woman was nuts enough that they removed her for mental instability for being a teacher. Yeah. I want you to think back to high school and college and think about how many of your teachers you sat back and went, man, they're fucking nuts. How fucking nuts do you have to be to go, they're too fucking nuts to teach. And the teacher in the room raises her mm-hmm. hand. I'm sure a couple of my students have thought that at one point or another. Oh, I'm sure on a couple of day. I'm sure a couple of my students have thought that. Or on an on day. I like to get zany. It's it's fun. I like I like to be known as the the perky zany teacher. So Today today I told one of my students, a, a young lad of about the age of fourteen, he came in and went, I go, How you doing? He goes, I had a Kool-Aid pop. And I said, That is the most depressed anyone has ever talked about Kool-Aid since Jonestown. <laughs> Because what's oh, Jonestown? And then I showed him. Oh, <laughs> oh. God. That's an entry into a whole... Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, the Wardlaw family, 
So that would be Caroline's maiden name, Wardlaw, uh, actually goes way back to the American Revolution. And it seems like there could be a possibility of it going back as far as the Norman Conquest of 1066. So this is a long family line, even if you don't go all the way back there, it's still a fairly long family line. And her father was uh, a minister and a justice in the South Carolina Supreme Court. I mean, this family really, there was some cachet to their name for a long time. Yeah. Caroline would take care of that. Um, she would She would end that not problem. <laughs> oh, well, let me just put, close this door. And they say whenever you close a door, God opens a window. So let me get that window too. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. God ain't getting in here. And the family line is done. Yeah. So uh, you had... In this family, six children all together, uh, born to the minister uh, and Supreme Court justice father. Uh, and you had Virginia was the oldest. And these, it might seem like, oh, we've been talking about Caroline all the time. No, these two, two of these sisters are going to come into play mm -hmm. pretty heavily. So you want to keep track. So Virginia's the oldest. Caroline is the middle. And Mary is the youngest. And there's one other sister and two brothers as well. So yeah. Bessie, uh, Bessie is the third sister and she, uh, and the two brothers, two brothers seem to be okay. Reverend Albert Goodall Wardlaw and journalist John Banks Wardlaw. They seem to be, they seem to have their quarters wrapped and ready for turning into the bank. Yeah, but John would take his quarters to the grave fairly early along with his wife and it could have been a suspicious death. We don't have very many details, but just the number of people dying around Caroline, you, you, it, it, just you figure statistics are in your favor if you just assume she had something to do with it. <laughs> I mean, it just makes she sense. Did <laughs> Jesus? Yeah, it's and you know what? I have a thing for goth chicks. I'm gonna say it. This has turned me off goth chicks <laughs> because for some reason these sisters, yeah, all wore black. And we're not talking like just a black dress. No, they would wear black dresses capes these long capes black veils so heavy you couldn't even see their faces and i don't know how they saw out of them black Fucking gloves. walking around like a ninja's ghost yeah yeah it's absolutely just bonkers how they the, the three of them dress this way it's like this 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 shared it's like a folly ado almost like of, of this weird morning shared goth. crazed yeah yeah and it it was something and whenever you hear about the power caroline had over people you kind of wonder if this wasn't a thing of like, come on in. I think she was very influential into this whole wandering around wearing all black thing that they did for a long while. So Caroline, she had a son uh, in addition to O.C. And uh, the son, he either died from meningitis or fell down some stairs, which are two very different deaths. Maybe he had meningitis and also fell, fell down, down the stairs. stairs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you have meningitis, you're not going to be feeling so great. And if you're standing at the top of a stairwell, that could go badly. So he died or, um, fairly young, too. Or he'd be just chucked down the fucking stairs. Yeah, that, that sounds uh, pretty plausible. And there was, of course, some life insurance on him, as we're, we're going to see. This is another recurring theme. Yeah. We've already seen it as a recurring theme with murders in, in this day and age. And uh, this is a, we said that O.C. was born in 1885, so this would be, 
you know, uh, around that period, and then we're going to scoot up to like the the early 1900s just to set the set the time. So yeah, it was either the sources very wildly incredibly. I don't think I don't think we've done a case. Oh my god, where the sources have varied as much as this one. I was like pulling threads from one place and trying to make a match with the threads from the other one, but the threads from one place were purple and the threads from the other place were octopus. And I was like, no, this doesn't work. These are two wholly different things. It I've seen difficult. enough hentai to know where this is going, and I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was either twelve thousand or twenty two thousand dollars in life insurance in that day and those would be either three hundred and thirty four thousand dollars in 2018 money or six hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars god damn that's a lot of money that is a lot of money yes and so the question is would you push your son down the stairs for thirty eight thousand dollars you're no, $380,000. Well, shit, I'll push, I'll push myself down the stairs for $380,000. <laughs> You're possibly meningitis, Britain's son, keep in mind. So. He was going to die anyway. I mean, that, well, that, yeah, I guess in those days. But, but yeah, so then her husband died. Good mm. old Colonel Robert Maxwell Martin. Uh, he died. Some neighbors heard a crash, and they rush over. They find Caroline next to, it said unconscious husband, but I had to assume either he was also dead. You know, I guess when you're dead, you're pretty freaking unconscious. Or he would later die of, of possible injuries. Osi is, is somewhere nearby. She's crying. And the neighbors are trying to talk to Osi about it. You know, like, what happened? And Caroline just, shh, remember. That's... Fuck. Right? Oh, man. It's straight out of the Bell Gunners handbook. <laughs> exactly. So then it appears around 1902, Virginia, now keep in mind that's the oldest sister, and uh, their mother, uh, they get. I think from here on out, we should preface each one of these names with sister, aunt, mother. Because this gets intense. It does get intense. The, the relations are all like twisted and yeah, and super and this, twisted. Yeah, yeah this family we'll tree don't form. The yeah. <laughs> genetic U-turn that is the Wardlaw and Sneed family. Yes. So they get Virginia and uh, the, the mother of this whole clan, Montgomery College in Virginia. And they rename it Montgomery Female College. They received that from Virginia's aunt. So, uh, which would be all of their aunt, obviously. And there's some inheritance uh, in the mix uh, from, uh, from, from their father's death. And so they, they, they spruce the place up, you know? They, they do some renovations, slap a nice coat of paint, make the dorms all nice, make updates to the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And Virginia goes on to, to teach there. Yeah. Um, eventually, they even, like, like, Virginia ends up getting the place. Yeah, 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 and I feel I should, um, there, there's a, a brochure from uh, 1880 that uh, I found, I believe that's the one I found on Virginia Memory. Uh, the students, uh, they get room and board, so it's a, it's a boarding school, mm -hmm. which, you know, there were, that was not uncommon in those days. <laughs> why, why would we raise our own children? <laughs> when someone else can do it. Fetch <laughs> <laughs> me a cucumber sandwich crust removed, make sure the black lady does it. Where is my monocle? So they... Uh, I own you, my wife. This piece of paper says so. <laughs> Vote. <laughs> I'm white. Hmm. Quite. So they get uh, room and board. They get to learn... Uh, they study the English language. They study literature, history, both ancient and modern. They study natural science, 
mental and moral science, which it, it's is a an god, interesting topic. Yeah, it's a goddamn good school. It's really good. Yeah, math, music, and then all kinds of different languages. It mm-hmm. sounds like a really... I kind of want to go there, except for how crazy it's going to get yeah, later. Yeah, and it's a thing where Mary Sneed eventually comes down. Her sons, Fletcher and John, join her. No troubles whatsoever. Yeah, everything is going absolutely fine. The whole family... You know, like like they're 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 working together mm-hmm. and everything. Then Carolyn and her daughter Osi. We can't blame Osi for this. No, not at all. We no, 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 blame... no. It is all Caroline. Yeah, Caroline shows up, and that whole equation equals total crap. Oh yeah, it goes. It, she she just brings complete chaos. She's putting padlocks on doors all over the place for some reason like, sort of like triple padlocking some doors yeah yeah and like introducing kind of like a paranoia she's moving students from room to room with no particular reason like they students need to have expectations set they need to know what your expectations are from them and they need to be able to at least have some understanding of how their day is going to go and how they're going to learn things and so if you're just up and you know in the middle of i don't know if it's in the middle of class or what but if you're just like nope now you're in you know room 312 when you're room in room 100 that's you're changing atmosphere it well, makes the learning harder absolutely it's 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 a thing where whenever you're in a room the first couple days of any class are total shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a person; they're acclimatizing themselves to these new, this new room, these new people, and then they get bored with it, and now their brain can start to focus on the task at hand. Exactly. You the, fucking when the newness move, wears off. Yeah, yeah. You constantly make things new. You're providing distractions mm-hmm. and makes it impossible for anyone to learn. Except for the most laser-focused and genius among them. And we can't... Educate, education cannot cater just to those people, you know? Right, so, right. And also, she appears to be trying to make the school into a school-slash-resort, which, as we all know, was the Pizza Hut-slash-Taco Bell of its day. I see. Yeah. School and resort. School and resort, yeah. So you have people studying and people vacationing. These two definitely go hand-in-hand. Hand. I know I like to study on vacation, and I like to vacation when I'm studying. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I want all the listeners... It, it, it's time for Imagination Station with Scott and Christy. I want you to pretend you're a 13-year-old girl mm-hmm. that is away from your family. There's two of you perverts out there. I can I can feel you <laughs> stop it and get help. Yes, so, please. you're a 13-year-old girl. You're scared. You're in a boarding school. And all of a sudden, down the hall, late at night, come three dark figures just weirdly won't roaming the halls. Faces all. hidden by veils, and they're chanting something. Hail Satan! I like that addition. Thank you. Yeah, it's that's that's not conducive to the learning process. It's not conducive to living in in, in a comfortable and safe environment. Because it's not. It's not. It's not at all. So yeah, this is about the time it seems like when the the wearing all black thing started with the sisters, when they are were finally all together at the school. And you'd think like, oh, goth chicks hot? No, these were like three potatoes. Yeah, in, yeah. Like the, goth Mrs. Potato Head. I think it was Caroline actually. She really in one picture, and I'll I'll put this up on the social media. She strongly reminded me 
of the evil stepmother from Disney Cinderella. See, I was I might thinking, do a side by side even. I was thinking Carl Malden from the streets of San Francisco. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Maybe we can do a mashup. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think uh, John and Fletcher, which if you'll remember, those are Mary's sons. It's gonna get real creepy real quick. It's gonna get super creepy. They, uh, I think they. Except for you two fuckers <laughs> that were thinking about the thirteen-year-old girl that way. It was already creepy for you. Yeah. Or at least for us, as far as you're concerned. I think they see the writing on the wall here, or I, I think, or they just want to get the hell out because they see something weird is yeah. going on. So they head off to Linville, Tennessee, where together it seems like they're really there's a lot of togetherness with these brothers. It's kind of nice for a while. They open up a sawmill mm-hmm. and they run that together, and then they marry two sisters. And I actually have written, oh yeah, yeah, isn't that nice? Like, okay, like, I will say, it's nice for them. It wasn't nice for me when my sister got married. When we were younger, and the her she married to Jackson's brother. No, no, her husband's father. So her father-in-law kept on trying to push me and her brother-in-law together, and was like, "Oh, wouldn't <sighs> it be so cute if my brother's married? My brother's, my son's married two daughters." And I was like, and "He didn't talk like that because we, I'm not from the south, but that was the feeling I got. Yeah. That it almost felt a little incestuous. It, I know it's not, but it felt weird, and I didn't like it. <laughs> so, so yeah." They head off and they marry Anna and Vashti. It's not a great name. That's a fantastic name, and it's such a rare name for the the age. And they're two very different names, Anna and Vashti. Yeah, you know, like honestly, you don't see that often. I couldn't find a picture of Vashti. Um, I don't know if you found a picture of her. Mm-mm. No, I did not. Like you say, Anna. I'm picturing. I'm picturing like you know, blonde. Oh um, yeah, like the, the Swedish girl. Exactly, <laughs> and she's car- She's like in a white dress, and she swings her arms side to side. She's maybe carrying a pail of milk, and she has two blonde braids I was with blue bows on the bottom. Like a bouquet of dandelions. Oh, oh very nice. Yes, yeah. I like that. I was thinking of a milkmaid, apparently. And then Vashti, I'm picturing, and this is the racism in me, <laughs> Indian. Well, it is. It, I, I'm... I mean, I, I'm not going to look up the source of the name right now, but it definitely has an Indian sound to it. Absolutely. And so, so yeah, I think maybe they, they, they named Anna. I don't know if, if Vashti was a second daughter. I didn't get their ages, but maybe they were like, um, let's, let's go in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. John marries Anna, 1903. Fletcher marries Vashti, 1899. Yeah, and Fletcher and Vashti, they have a son in, in the year 1900. And I guess, you know, their, their life seems to be going pretty well up until around 1906 when Caroline shows up. And she's got like, she's got like the swirling eyeball glasses and she's wearing, has this pocket watch that she's fucking swinging. But you can't see the swirling eyeball glasses because of the heavy veils in front of her face. Exactly. So it's all for naught, but it makes her feel like she's in the role. So yeah, she shows up and she she's trying to haul John back to, to Montgomery Female College. And he says no. He calls the cops on her, yeah. which calling the cops on family, it's well, hard to do in this day and age. Yeah, plus Anna. Anna, like, she's, John wants him, uh, John wants to stay. Caroline goes, come back and teach. And Anna is saying, like, She's fucking down on her knees going, please don't go. And at first, he, he really, he doesn't. He says, I'm not going to let her mess with my family. This is not happening. And then about two weeks later, she comes back and up, off he goes. Which is just, it's just, it, it's almost like it took two weeks for the hypnosis to kick in. Or, you know, she maybe influenced her her sisters to write him letters or something. Something this, happened in the interim that, that we don't know about. This is going to sound weird. Well, it's, you know, it's you me. and me, and it's us, and it's this podcast, so yeah, go for it. Do you know what this honestly sounds like? Scopalamine. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Doesn't it? I mean, yeah, 
she does like to use uh, drugs for other purposes later in, in her career of being a mad woman. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, look up the episode we did on Dr. Crippen. Scopalamine is a drug. You administer it, and it doesn't take a very high dose. It essentially strips you of free will completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's creepy. You, it's scary. Yeah. You look like you're fine. You act like you're fine. But I could go, I want you to go cut off your left pinky and eat it. And you'll do it. That's nuts. Yeah. This is almost, this is almost scopalamine. And honestly, like, I would think, no, it's not. But we have evidence that it's being used in both England and America. True. At this time. So why why couldn't it be? I feel we st should still qualify this with that this is... Rampant speculation. Absolutely. I got another song in there. Just yeah, in one episode. I think fantastic. that's a first. I've been really working on my songs lately. Jackson enjoys them. I've said that before, but I'm just happy that somebody enjoys my singing because he's probably the only person on the planet. Everybody else listening is probably like, will she stop, please? I'll write the words. You sing the song. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, John goes with Caroline. And Anna ends up in a sanitarium very soon afterwards. Yeah, She's not health. a mentally well woman or, or a physically well woman after he leaves. Yeah, and honestly, I, I think she knew something was up with Caroline. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I think if you were an outsider, you could see it much more easily, an outsider to this family. I, I think she could see it, and she... She had some some bad feelings. So And his brother John doesn't fare much better in this whole thing. He attempts suicide twice. Well, that's what I was talking about. It was, it was John, wasn't it? No, Anna. No, Anna and John. It's Anna oh. and John, right? And Fletcher and Vashti? Yeah. 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 I was yeah, it's John that, that Caroline drags back. I mean she'll later right. sh she'll she'll get Fletcher as well. But okay. yeah, we're still on John. Yeah. Fair enough. Never well, mind. There's so the cast of characters here is so, it's so extensive I was that it's John was his own brother. <laughs> <laughs> this is my son John and his brother John. No, but that shit happens here because we have two OCs. That is true. Yeah, and the 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 names that you know passing down the the, the last names to everybody. You know, there's so many like ward laws and everything. It's crazy. So, yeah. so yeah. Um. So John ends up going with her. He has a life insurance policy. Imagine that. <laughs> And he's, of course, his wife is the beneficiary, but not for long. He switches it over to Virginia. If I've learned one thing from doing this podcast is that never get life insurance for any reason whatsoever. And and the thing is, that's not even his mother. He doesn't switch it over to his mother, Mary. He switches it over to his aunt. Yeah. That's weird. Nobody nobody does that unless your aunt is like your only surviving relative. It's, it's I don't know. I don't know. What, I, I can't figure out any sort of reason behind that. But yeah, it's... March 1906, he has two possible suicide attempts within just a couple of weeks. Uh, one on a train. He tries to jump off a train near Roanoke. But he's on the train with Caroline. I understand wanting to get off the train. I can understand that or pushing she might have done. Oh, I guarantee that it was the push. Yeah, it, well, it could go either way. She could talk him into it, too. You yeah. know, so... You know it'd be real fun? You know I think would be funny? I think it'd be hilarious. Everybody on the train would get a real good laugh. Jump off the fucking train. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, that was creepy. <laughs> so... So, yeah, and then another time, he gets trapped in a cistern. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, right? For those that don't know, a cistern is kind of like an above-ground holding tank for water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
if uh, if you want to think of it in a really uh, horrifying manner, you can think of the hotel in the Cecil Hotel. Yep, yep. Eliza Lamb, where there was the, the the cistern that she was found in that was on the roof. Yes. And uh, actually, a very interesting video. I watched an interesting video the other day about Eliza Lamb, where a guy goes, "I figured it out." And he got all the way up on top of the Cecil Hotel with no trouble. And there was actually ladders beside everything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, to this day, like this guy just went up, opened the door. And the door even said, alarm will sound. Just opened it up. No alarm sounded whatsoever. Of course. And he he got up onto it. And there was like a fucking ladder right beside the cistern. So well, I think it was known that the... if I'm, I haven't uh, looked at the case in a very long time. But I think it was known that the employees had maybe disabled the alarm will sound so that they could go up there for smoke breaks yeah so yeah i don't know but but anyhow that's a different case and a time period that we'll never get to unless we get very very old next year we're going 1951 yeah that's gonna be our limit we're allowing us with each year that we do the podcast we're gonna allow ourselves to go one more year into the future we decided that and uh yeah that's as far as we'll go except for when we accidentally cheat (laughs) or only half cheat um boy in the box (laughs) <laughs> earning to murders <laughs> so uh yeah so after that finally he's found burning in his pajamas in his room and it's, we're not talking like a hot summer night either we're no, talking no, 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 no. on fire doused with kerosene yes and within three hours he dies of first degree burns and the sisters they say well he was lighting the fire with his oil lamp and it was just an accident and then the death is somehow, even though they called it an accident, somehow the death is ruled a suicide. But mm-hmm. I guess like sometimes family members might, you know, the, the authorities might think that the family members were in denial is yeah. a possibility. So, and yeah, later eventually it, it's found, uh, this is, this is never really given an exact source, I don't think. But some of the sources we read said that it's found that they did in fact throw kerosene on him and burn him alive, which sounds on par, you know. Yeah. So, which is, but a horrifying way to go. That's, that's, that's brutal. Yeah. I just can't even, well, I can't even with a lot of things here. Give me a second. Let's pause for a, Christy looks at a picture of a murder victim with her own face break. Ah! God damn it! It's so creepy! You forgot to pause. <laughs> no, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, we're pausing I, our speaking. I don't know. I was, was making a joke. <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry. It's okay, it's okay. Christy's out of sorts, and it's understandable, people. It's really understandable, because, oh god, I, every time I look at it, it's worse. I'm eating my hair. I'm eating my hair. So anyhow, okay, I'm gonna a little bit of pica going on here. Pulling it together. Center. I want you to think. Center. I want you to think of koalas. Unicorns, lemurs, goats, sloths. Oh, hi, slotherson. I find (laughs) unicorns fascinating. They are fascinating. They're wonderful. I have a a great unicorn story. I'll tell you another time. About a lesbian? I understand completely. (laughs) No, Um, not that tiny (laughs) unicorn. Unicorns are fascinating to me because. It's like on this planet we have things like the the echidna, which is a duck beaver that has a poisonous rattlesnake fang on its rear leg and lays eggs, right? It's a weird planet. That's a real animal. All of a sudden a horse with a horn is unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> true. True. Yeah. You've got a point there. So then Caroline is like, okay, well, I got one brother to come with me. Surely I can get the other one. So she claims to, to Fletcher, that, and remember these are Mary's sons, that she has some family business that they need to take care of. So she drags them away from Vashti, takes them to Chattanooga, Tennessee, 
And whenever Vashti tries to get in touch with him, she says, oh, he's just too sick. He cannot visit with you. His wife. You know, you, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Your husband is too sick to visit with his your wife. I'm his aunt. What business do I have here? I'm pretty sure uh, that the whole vows thing is a much you know, mm-hmm. closer bond and relationship. And that's the people who should be taking care of each other. I say whenever you decide that, like two people decide that they only want to see each other's genitals. Yes. yes. Then you're pretty much your family at that point. Exactly. Yes. yes I fully agree with you. So, and also, they have a child together, yeah. too. You know, like, not not that you have to have a child to have a family. I mean, I consider Jackson my family, and we don't have any children. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just, it's absolutely... You have two cats, close enough. Yeah, yeah, two cats, three ducks. Yeah. So, yeah, they... Fashti keeps trying to visit him, and then the second time she tries... He's been moved to another boarding house. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, Caroline's grabbing him and running away with him. She's trying to get him away from his wife. And it works. And, the, and that's that's a classic abuse technique. Isolation. Get you away from your support system. Exactly. It's been done to me quite effectively. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I understand this completely. I, I, I get where it's going. And Vashti, one week later, Vashti gives up. She returns and... He, she just waits a while and gets a divorce. Yeah, which is so rare in that day and age. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm proud of her for, for taking that, that huge step that would have been, you know, fairly rare and, yeah. and, and probably made her, you know, like looked down upon in the community, uh, you know, and I don't, I, I wish she would have been able to try harder, but I don't think she would have been able to combat Caroline's of influence. No, if anything, this may have saved Vashti's life. It's entirely possible, yeah. So, Fletcher doesn't stay single for a long... Who does he marry, Scott? Well, he marries his cousin, O.C. Yep. Because the closer the kin, the sweeter the skin. <laughs> Oh, is that an actual saying or did you That is an actual saying. Oh, that's horrifying. That is absolutely... Horrifying. They're first cousins. They're first cousins, yeah. They Um, are first cousins, which is like saying, this is my sister and, you know, and not actually having it be your sister. That's as close as to fucking your sister as you can get without actually fucking your sister. And we know the, the genetically... The chances of actually passing on, you know, and like any sort of, of physical problems or mental problems to your children are not necessarily much higher with first cousins. It's still gross. It's, it's, it's I'm sure that it's because of the stigma. I just still don't like it. I say it's the They're chances They're only are... family after you marry them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying the chances are still pretty high with first cousins. You want a fucked up flipper, baby, you're going down the right road. I'm going to have to look that up because I think I've, I've at least read on... People, random people on the internet saying that there's not uh, as high chances, but those random people on the internet could be wrong. Yeah, so. go to X video once. See how many, like, <laughs> incest videos are there. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> I just wanted, like, I wanted my, my standard porn. I wanted my standard porn. Christy says, you talk about porn every week. This is true, but this this kind of lines up with this. I, thought, I just wanted surely my Surely sta- in the episode about the, the dead woman with my face... He wouldn't be he find an opening for porn, but he found it. There's always an opening for porn. Go ahead. <laughs> 
make the jokes. But in all seriousness, cut it the fuck out with the incest videos, people. That is this, that is horrifying. This is bothering me. I, I, you've mentioned it before. I, yeah. I, I can't I can't blame you too. That that would bother me. I'm a single I, man. I, <laughs> I you know I'm a single man. I'm not in a relationship with anyone. I need my pornography. <laughs> and it's like, oh, here's this hot chick. Oh, brother! Well, she didn't do that as a surprise exclamation. She's actually screaming, oh, brother. I think we might actually be able to blame Game of Thrones for that, You think so? Well, yeah, Cersei and Jaime. Yeah. And then you you also had, well, and I don't want to spoil anything for people who are still watching it. If they haven't watched Game of Thrones by now, they're either like me that they just don't want to, Mm -hmm. or way behind. I still don't want to be that person, though. I'm I'm very sensitive about spoilers, because I've been spoiled. I've been spoiled about a death in the third book in a series by another writer. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I know, I was like, well, I guess I'm not finishing that damn series because I know I'm going to spend the whole entire time just waiting for it, you know. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't do that. Fair but anyhow. Enough. Stop it with the incest porn. On with the murder. Yeah, and, and no spoilers. Uh, so, yeah, O.C. and Fletcher, they marry in Louisville, Kentucky. Apparently, it's a secret ceremony because the sisters actually disapproved of this union. They would later come around. Um, even Virginia, the malefactor's register, I had a quote from her that, quote, well, okay, they grew up together and, quote, naturally formed a mutual affection, which led to their marriage, unquote. Ew. Say it with me now, everybody. Ew. Because the growing up together is also very, you know, if you grew up together knowing your family and everything, that feels wrong. Yeah. But then again, so does having a dead woman's face, and I am living that life now, so... So, yeah, um... And then they would later uh, drag... Uh, it, it's it's unclear, the, the series of events, because it's either Fletcher just ran off to Canada, uh, or he went there to find work, and O.C. went with her mother and aunts uh, to New York and New Jersey, or the other possibility was that O.C. and Fletcher went to Canada, and then the sisters dragged her back because she was pregnant, you know, against her will. So it's really uncertain exactly what happened here in the, the this, this time span as far as their relationship and whether he, you know, they parted willingly or not. It's very confusing, and we have so many different options. This is where the timeline starts to get murky in some yeah. places. But paradoxically, this is also where the story becomes easier to understand. Exactly, Because yeah. now all these little side characters, like John and Anna... And even you know, Fletcher for the most part. Yeah, yeah, Fletcher for the most part, they are out of the picture. Yeah, now, now we have now we're dealing with the three black sisters, which is what they're called. Yeah, the the, bla- the, the sisters in black, the, sisters the black, black sisters, the dark sisters, there were several name form, and Osi. Yes, yes, it does get the cast of characters does shrink, much like in the final season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, Amelia yeah, Clark, I, call me. I'm be, single. <laughs> because of course, and as in real life in that show, everybody went to Canada. To look for work. Oh, so, no. Sad. They, some of them did go to a cold place. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, in, in 1908, it seems to be when everything finally falls apart at the school. There are rumors just flying around the community about all these secret rituals that are being done. Everybody says that the, the, the three sisters will, will show up to the graveyard where, at this point, their brother John separately from their son slash nephew John uh, and his wife Lizzie are, are buried there and they'll they'll show up and chant over the graves. They've done some bad deals with some businessmen and words getting around town and people don't want to deal with them. The school gets vandalized. It's just an absolute shit show. Attendance is dropping like a prom dress. <laughs> 
It is bad. The cl- the classrooms are in total chaos. It is it is falling apart in a near biblical sense. Yes, yes. So they just hijack it. Hijack it? Nope, nope. They hightail it out of there. Mm-hmm. They didn't hijack anything. I can say that much. There was no hijacking of trams. That we know that of. That we know of. Would you put it past them? Not one bit. Mm-mm. So, yeah, and then there's a whole thing with O.C. and Fletcher. And O.C. is pregnant. And she has her daughter, Mary Alberta Sneed, who then uh, either dies or, according to some other sources, survives, but eventually is taken away and put into foster care after a couple years um, or after a year or so. And the sisters tell O.C. that the daughter is dead. It's really... Who knows? We we don't. It, it's it's. This is where I want you to get genetically tested. I I already I already have had my my DNA tested. I, do you want me to like find a sneed somewhere? There has to be a sneed somewhere. <laughs> what if your great grandmother? But see, I have my family tree. I know like who everybody's descended from. Yeah, but somebody got adopted. Because I and the thing is, that it has to be on my paternal side because that's where all my features come from. Okay. That's where, like, I have I have my dad's eyes, nose, lips, ears. Every, everything comes from my dad. I have the Baxter nose, which is is a. <sighs> did Did you know your nose grows all your life? Yes. Or at least the the cartilage or something does. Uh, the Baxter nose becomes more and more Baxter as the years go on, to the extent that uh, my my ex brother in law, when he uh, saw my grandfather in in this casket, and this was the first time he met him, he went oh, didn't meet him in his casket. First time he saw him. Hi, how in are you doing? Person. You, you're gonna buy this. <laughs> uh, saw him in person. He 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 thought did not say aloud because it was at a funeral, obviously. Oh, so. That's where the nose comes from. Ah. So, yeah. And you can see it even. I have a, I don't, I don't have, my father has a photo of my great-grandfather. And I, the first time I saw that, I was like, yep, there it is. My future. See, I, I, I you do have a prominent nose. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say a large nose, but I am going to but say. But it's going to become more and more prominent as the years go on is my problem. That's <laughs> not necessarily a bad thing. You actually favor not just for for O.C. Sneed, you favor this one actress. Are you going to say Tilda Swinton again? I am not going to say Tilda oh, okay. Swinton. Because one day you told me I had a twil- Tilda Swinton vibe going on the day you I wore glasses. You did. You did. There was there was definitely a Tilda Swinton thing going on there. I'm, Vicky Lewis is the actress's name. Um, you yeah, you kind of favor her. She was in. Uh, people are going to know her from news radio. Can I see? Yeah, hold on here. News radio, Vicky. It's it's kind of like the downward sloping eyes mm-hmm. and the prominent nose. That's not really the most pleasant or flattering description you can give me. Isn't she the comedian that like yeah. has made a lot of? Oh no no no, that's a different one. Okay, that's a different. Yeah, she. Uh, that's Vicky Lewis. I don't even know who I'm thinking of. There, but no, like, I can picture I could, her. Like okay, I can you see. Hit, whenever you hit fifty, I could see you looking like Vicky Lewis. I can see, except the mouth. She has she has uh, more lips than I do, and they're they're not as wide. Remember, th- look at how much lipstick is on that, though. I mean, that's true, but lipstick yeah. can only go so far. You can overdraw your lips a little bit, but you can only go so far. It was about forty-five minutes. Uh, I'm going to listen to this whole thing. Okay, I, I gave you the pen. 
I know, I know. And now I'm not using them. You're I'm just so contrary. I'm just going to let Vicky stare at you for the rest of the night because now that's somebody that you kind of resemble that isn't OC. And that is, I mean, uh, all and she's still OC, alive. But she, yeah, OC, OC had a tragic life, and and the, this woman was in Hollywood, so yeah. you know that's that's better. There you go. So all right, so yeah. Um, we don't know really what happened with the daughter. And yeah, that that is, when I read that, that's where my brain was like, oh, yeah, could maybe, that be? I don't maybe. know. So yeah, I'm really not sure uh, what happened there. And then Virginia and Caroline, they go and they move OC into an apartment in Brooklyn with them. They All, all three of them are living there together, uh, mother, aunt, and daughter. Slash niece. Mm-hmm. She starts to get very ill. She's not well. And uh, the, uh, it's it's depression, malnutrition, which you can fix that by giving her food. Yes. It's a very easy solution. Lethargy, which uh, also will happen when you're not eating or not allowed to eat. And she'd been told, the sisters, again... They tell her that Fletcher died. Bullshit. Up in Canada, yeah, that is He's... bullshit. He was even still in contact with them. Yeah, he was still exchanging oxygen for carbon dioxide at this point. And exchanging letters with his mother and possibly her sisters. Yeah, which... Fuck, I hate to think that he was in on it, but doesn't it seem like he was in on it a little bit? I don't think so. I think he just wanted to get away from the, the, the madness. I think he wanted to get away from the chaos and the madness, and he had to sacrifice O.C. to that. It was kind of like how, how Vashti had to. You know, yeah. she, she wanted to get away from the chaos, except he's grown up with it. So maybe it, it, in his time away, you know, we've talked about how people become normalized to their, up, you know, the, the, the facets of their upbringing that may not actually be quote-unquote normal. Um, abuse, just just plain having a weird eccentric family. You know, it just it's it's the background of your life. It's the fabric of your life, not cotton. And uh, it's it's very <laughs> there. I go referencing Joke grenade. a nineties nineties ad campaign. That's a part of your brain you could have used to be successful. I know, instead right? That's stuck in there. I'm dumb. So <laughs> so they uh, yeah, like maybe in his time away in in Linville, in his time with um with with Vashti. He was able to see what normalcy was like, and then coming back to the, the, the madhouse of Caroline and the sisters, he's like, you know what, I just got to get out of here. I got to get out of here before it, it gets even worse and before they get me. You yeah. know, his brother died of a mysterious death. You got to think that at some point he might be like wondering, do they have any life insurance policies out on me? Because apparently you could just take them out on people willy nilly, mm-hmm. you know, like on your neighbor or that guy walking down the street, you know, like the pol- the name on the policy is literally guy on street. And I'm swerving. Oh, look, my steer. Oh, no. Oh, hit and run. What an accident. How sad. What an accident. accident. Wink. <laughs> Womp, womp, womp. He sounded like a sack of laundry going underneath the car. <laughs> so they call a doctor, uh, Dr. William Pettit, uh, and he comes and he attends to her and he says, quote, uh, a quote from Malefactor's Register, she seemed depressed and indeed afraid of those about her. Hmm, I wonder mm. why. And he gives some medical advice as to how to fix this. Probably some of that medical advice is feed her. Yeah. Feed her. Yeah. And he he ends up just not getting paid. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're not taking his medical advice. So he's like, "What what am I even doing here? Why am I even even bothering?" Yeah. So he he stops coming, and then OC has her. And this is while I should say OC was pregnant with her second child at this time. 
She has the baby, David, and he's sickly, so he's taken to the hospital. Well, of course, she's not getting fed. Exactly. He's not getting fed. Well, I will say, uh, I've known people with hyperemesis gravidarum, which... (laughs) $15 word of the day. There you go. And uh, it is a condition that it's basically, it's like morning sickness on speed, cocaine, and meth. Wow. (laughs) And it's like nonstop vomiting. The, the, some of these people, people, women who have it, 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 it's, it happens during pregnancy. Um, they can't even drink water without throwing oh up. God. They have to be hospitalized and given, you know, given IVs and everything. But the, the people that I know that have had this, they've, they've frequently been told the baby will take the nutrition that they need mm-hmm. and will almost certainly get it. And uh, you will be, you know, like, like you're more in danger than the baby is. But... Her first child had died. You know, there could be some genetic factors that we're not considering. Maybe or, incest. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about the cousins thing. I'll maybe be fine if I'm wrong with that. That's, maybe I'm this okay. Evolution going like I can't let this happen. <laughs> yeah. Evolution actually is a real live figure, and it has thoughts, feelings, and an agenda. Mother Nature and Father Evolution. Yes, yes, I like it. So, are they related? After their <laughs> husband and wife, nature and evolution, hand in hand, husband and wife. Yeah, but were they re- related before they uh, became husband and wife? Are they O.C. No. and Fletcher? No, no, no Okay, no. that's good. They just sort of, sort of sprang forth from the ground. Okay. So, O.C. has David. Um, he's taken to the hospital. And then, eventually, the sisters, they send him off to an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And at nine months old, he, he dies. Yeah. And so, then, another doctor comes. Who I could not find the name no, of could not find so, a name but i'm i'm naming this for doctor. considering how many names there were throughout here yeah. for like every single minor character i'm shocked this if you're ever sick you want this doctor you want this guy yeah i named him dr awesome mcthundercock yes i like it he yes. is very he sees what's happening he knows what's happening and he knows that when he says feed this woman, they're mm-hmm. not going to take his advice. So he sneaks food in. Through a window. Well, you know, he just sneaks some food later. She, he does try to sneak in through a window to check yeah. in on her. Which, at which point, like, before that, I imagine he had been banned from the house, or he wanted to see her without the influence of her mother and aunt. So I want you to picture a ninja with repelling gear. And a stethoscope around his neck. A stethoscope and one of those mirrors on his head, just, like, repelling down and, like, sneaking in through the window and going... Say ah. <laughs> yes, that was definitely this guy. But he's they they find him. Virginia, in fact, catches him after he's tried to. Of course spin. she does. Of she's course. a fucking demon. Yes, <laughs> she has some demon radar that knows when anybody with good intentions is around. <laughs> exactly. Somebody's doing something good. Nah. <laughs> and so out he goes, and they call Doctor Pettit again. Well, here's let's let's back it up just for oh, a second. Sure. They, yeah, they throw him right the fuck out. He doesn't stop. Oh, really? Yeah, Dr. Thundercock ends up going to a lawyer with his own money, pays a lawyer and says, what can we do? And the lawyer goes, nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And You can't, if she's there of her own will, which, hmm, I mean, it's not Mm. provable, but you you wouldn't get her to admit that she was there against her will. You can't remove her from from the home. And she's an adult, you know? She's not a minor. If just the lawyer would have been as awesome as Dr. Thundercock, O.C. would probably still be alive. But he's a lawyer. (laughs) Scott's not big on lawyers in case you couldn't tell. So You're all fucking parasites. Dr. Thundercock's a marsupial. You're parasites. Which is, how did you smuggle food in? 
in the pouch. So. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> so Dr. Pettit is called again, and she's even worse off OC is. She is just not, not faring well at all. And Virginia says to him, you know, we should probably tell her that she's dying. We should, we should, it's bad news. We should break it to her. Maybe you should do that. And then also we should let her know she should make a will since she's dying because she's dying. Do you see she's dying? Do you know that she's dying, doctor, of this mysterious illness that we can't find the reason for? Give her food! A dollar cheeseburger at McDonald's will cure this. Exactly. There's your medicine. So the first time in history, McDonald's has been called medicine. Yes, really, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is some good food for her. <laughs> a cheeseburger a day will keep yeah. the doctor away. This woman needs empty calories. And apparently, they've never heard an apple a day keeps the doctor away because if they, you know, they wouldn't wouldn't need to call so many doctors if they would feed her. So he brings in a nurse. He's, he's trying. He's really trying to help her, even though in the past these women have not paid him. He's, he's, he's doing, you know, what he feels is his duty as a doctor. Doctor, I, I feel like Pettit was shamed by Dr. Thundercock. I'm like, I should try yeah, harder. I think I agree with you. And uh, but the, the, the sisters, they try even harder because in one day that nurse is gone. One day. Mm-hmm. So he comes and he tries to get the $100 that they owe him. And they're like, nah. But, do we have an offer for you? It's your soul. <laughs> Which, literally, yes. I, yeah, this would, be, this would be giving his soul away if he had agreed to it. Absolutely. Which, once again, I bring this up often. The fucking supernatural element of this. Like, I don't think... Hard. Beyond Caroline and her, her... The chanting, the rituals over the grave... The weird hypnotization of people and getting them to do what they want him want them to do. I know what you're thinking. I think she was just a very charming sociopath. That you know, like sociopaths tend to be able to to have like influence over people. So that's that's just my thought. But so yeah, but they're trying. Shouldn't that? Luckily, they don't have very much influence over Doctor Pettit. Yeah. He says, you know, you owe me a hundred bucks, and they say, or. <laughs> <laughs> We'll make you a beneficiary of O.C.'s will, and when she dies, you'll get a thousand dollars. So ten times as much, but you also go to hell. Yes. And I have uh, bullet points on my notes. Weird payment plan. (laughs) Also, not suspicious at all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, and It's kind of a strange payment plan for a doctor, because it... It revolves around your patient dying. Yes, yes. Do they not understand that he's a doctor and that the patient dying is not actually his agenda? No, Mm -hmm. I don't think so because I think people dying, especially Caroline, is what's desired in this household. And he's the one who says, he says that, you know, O.C. was under some kind of hypnotic influence, which uh, I got from the Malefactor's Register. But really, she's just being dosed with lots and lots of morphine. It could be both as yeah. well, but she's being dosed with lots and lots of morphine. And don't you think, don't you think for a second that I didn't find an article with my face on a dead woman and then scroll down on that article to find people commenting on how out of it and crazed she looked. That's how I look on a daily basis, apparently. Like, I'm doped up on morphine. I'm, I'm sorry. Are, are you? No. What are you doped up on? Happiness. There we go. No, not really. Not today because I'm creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So 
Yeah, it's it's very much they're they're just giving her tons of morphine. She is in in some pain from the you know like postpartum. Yeah. And starving. And starving, yeah. So so there's lots of pain and, and anguish and everything, but they're just giving her way too much. So Dr. Pettit, he's, he's making a plan. He's, he's going to do something about this. He's going to go to the police. But I think he, he feels like he needs more information. You ever, you ever report something to the police? Absolutely. And you second-guess yourself as to whether you should? Like, will anybody believe me? Am I seeing what I'm seeing? I, I have... I have a a rule that that I go by, where anytime uh, there have been three times that I've had to report something to the police, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a man that wanted me to move in with him to teach him drum lessons wanted me to move in with him in Bedford for three weeks. I reported that to the police. Not suspicious at all. Yeah, <laughs> um, a woman having a fight uh, with her father next door to the music studio that I taught in. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that she was going to burn the place down. And a student that showed me the cigarette burns that her mother was giving her. I think all of these were not really second guess. But I tend to second guess myself a yeah. lot. Like a lot. So what I do, and I suggest this for everyone, I want you to imagine the worst place that this can go and that you're watching it on the news 24 hours later. That's what I did this week. That's what I did this week. When yeah. I saw I was I was driving to class, I was on a four-lane road that we're talking we live in a more rural area. This is a road that edges the city and there's two lanes on for each direction of traffic. And there's a guy who looks to be about in his 70s. I want to say jogging, but it was more like a shuffle jog. And he's on my side of the road, on the road like at the very edge of the right lane and I'm just, I had to veer away in order to not hit him. And I had that moment of second guessing myself. And I was like, maybe it's okay. Maybe he's just a jogger. But I was like, but I had to veer away. Anybody else would see, you know, if if somebody just looks away for a second, they could smack right into him. Then it was like, oh my God, imagine if he died and it was your fault. And Mm -hmm. that was the moment that I was like, okay, I don't necessarily need to call 911. Uh, the, the, The non emergency line. Right. That's my advice to people is if you are second guessing yourself, Call the non-emergency line. That is like nine one one. We don't want to like you know like waste too many resources there because it's a very valuable resource. It can be frequently overtaxed. Those people have a very tough job. Not the police dispatchers and, and the you know don't, but it's it's still it's a different caliber of difficult. Right. And so yeah, that's what that would be my recommendation is the non-emergency line. Plug plug it into your phone or all I did I was driving so I just you know said I'm gonna activate my phone now. I said okay Google. And then I said, you know, Johnstown non-emergency line. And it gave me the number for the police department. Mm-hmm. So I got, a, yeah. So yeah. And I never heard anything about it. So we will all have to. From a <laughs> <laughs> I hope that too. picked up on the microphone. <laughs> I hope too. <laughs> that was funny. I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't even think about the fact that it was going to take my query and answer it. And it must think that I call the cops a lot. I'm not worried about what Google thinks about me. So, so yeah, uh, he, he comes back to get more information. Dr. Pettit does to get back to the actual tale um and the apartment is vacant yeah they have picked up and fled because i think they a they figured out what uh you know they were gonna he was gonna do and b they were they were moving on to the next step yeah september of 1909 brooklyn is where the family rears its ugly head again uh and they are visited by new york attorney Julius Caraba. Now, I love saying this name. Caraba. I can't roll my roll my R's like you can, but it is very, very a great name. It is. It so is. it sounds like a musical instrument that you shake. 
Yes, yes, it is. It's like a caraba is like a maraca, except it's filled with dried beans and rice. Could that be considered racist? I think so. Really? (laughs) Just the impression feels a little bit like a stereotype. See, my friend May is Puerto Rican. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to say, but I have a Puerto Rican friend. Now wait, you're going to fucking see where this is going. (laughs) I I actually, as we're driving, actually down your road here Mm -hmm. yesterday, coming home from Vintendale, I go, you know, uh, I was doing like little impressions for her and stuff. And she goes, you never do Spanish impersonations. And I said, honestly, I feel uncomfortable doing them in front of you. Okay. And and she goes, I want to hear it. And I said, well, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear like Puerto Rican Spanish or do you want to hear, do you want to hear Mexican Spanish? And she goes, what's the difference? And I said, everything that a Puerto Rican says is rapid fire. It sounds like words coming out of machine. Because what started this was she told me her full name. And I'm going to give her privacy. May is not, May is oh, kind yeah, of like an absolutely. American version of her name. But she rattles off her entire name, and I know what every part of her name is, but the way she rattles it out, it is like this, it is a first name, a middle name, and then a double-barreled, like a hyphenated last name. Okay, all right. She says it in one-tenth of a second. (laughs) So I said, you know, it's just a, what else? That's all it is. (laughs) Done. And she goes, I want to hear it. And I said, okay. So I do like my little Puerto Rican accent. And then I do the, the, my Mexican accent. This, you know, I say the Mexican, it's more like subdued and down here. And maybe it is racist and I have to take this out. <laughs> and then I think we do French accents all the time. And What's we wrong with that? And we excoriate ourselves for having bad French accents. We don't talk about, I mean, French isn't necessarily a race or an ethnicity. It's a nationality. I don't know. It's all very confusing. Let's get back to the story that has some, at least some solid lines that we can follow <laughs> instead of jagging all over the place into what's racist and what's not. We don't know. All we know is whatever Scott says is probably racist. <laughs> We do know that. He or doesn't mean to be. It's he about just is. Porn, or it's both racist and about porn. Oh, I've seen a cup. So, <laughs> so actually, you were talking about bad attorneys earlier, or just attorneys in general. I think Caraba. I think he's good because we we have we see a little cleverness in him, and we see a little compassion and wanting to do the right thing. He goes to Osi's bedside, uh, and the, of course the sisters are all like, "She needs a will. She needs a will." And Karaba's like, um, actually, I think she would benefit from uh, some medical attention and possibly sustenance in the form of food. And the, the sisters are like, well, we don't have the money to feed her. And so he goes, oh, okay. Well, I'll front you for it. I have my checkbook here, but I don't have a pen. Could you run and grab me one pen from a room that's not this one so mm-hmm. I can be alone with this poor woman? That pen's probably heavy. All three of you should go. Exactly. Very heavy pen. Very heavy. It's like one of those novelty, like, mm-hmm. pen. yeah, so it's like a novelty check, but except on a pen. So they, uh, and, and I even wrote in my in my notes, in parentheses, smart gambit. Yeah. Very impressed with yeah. m- m- Mr. Caraba. And so he talks to OC one-on-one. And she says, and this is a quote from Malefactor's Register. It had the most quotes, so that's why I'm mentioning it the most, because that's where I'm getting most of my direct yeah, quotes. That's, so that's, that's, why, that's why I feel like I should mention it a lot. Um, and I love the, the name of the article. Does this black dress make me look fat? Yes, yes. No, it's the fat. Yeah. <laughs> so she reaches under her pillow uh, for, for some paper, and she says, I'm dying. Here is my will. Take this 
and make yourself executor. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't just say it all, yeah, I don't know what does, honestly. And the the will she already had drawn up. They brought him there to draw up a will, and she's already got one. She's on top of this because she knows what's going to happen to her, which is probably the saddest damn thing. Which she knows starving, what's starving, and on morphine. Mm-hmm. She yeah. knows what's happening. She knows exactly what's happening. It's pretty terrifying, and the will leaves everything to her maternal grandmother. So this is the mother of the three sisters, who is, she's she's fairly old, and the three sisters are like, well, just she's she's too old. Granny's too old. Change the beneficiaries to us, and we'll give you seven thousand dollars. They love trying to pull this shit, mm-hmm. where they're like, here, have this money from a person who's not dead yet, because of course it would have to come from the will. It's another beneficiary thing. And then uh, with a puff of brimstone <laughs> yeah. and a wisp of sulfur. The pen appears magically in their fucking hand. Yeah. And as they, they scrape their cloven fucking hoofs on the floor and belch fire. Evil bitches. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, that $7,000, that would be uh, $195,000 in 2018 money. That's quite the fee for that's, a lawyer. That's a tempting offer. And $195,000. Here's where we give a lawyer credit. Yep. He says no. It's the name. Carabas. Yeah, sure. You will only give the name credit because you like saying Carabas. it. I'm going to give good old Julian some credit. Carabas. And then the guitar. Every time you say it. So October 1909, Virginia actually gets sued. She had bought a new piano and had not paid for it. So she's in court and she says, quote, wait everything until we bury our dead, unquote. Nobody's dead yet. Yes, it's very frustrating. So at this point, around this point, they move O.C. to what could only loosely be called an apartment in East Orange, New Jersey. This is a large closet. And I, I'm just going to read straight from the Malefactor's Register. This isn't like a, a, a quote from a, a person in the story. This is the, the, the writer here. I really liked the way they phrased this. It really drove home the point. And so I'm just going to directly quote, quote, The East Orange Department was simply a warehouse for storage of O.C. until she could be, be converted into cash. There was no heat or gas for cooking, and the place was furnished with just two cots, a rug, a chair, and a barrel for a table. And even the chair... um. I read an, an excerpt from the, uh, I think it was the Sisters in Black book, uh, and uh, oh, that was on the lineup, and the chair even was basically makeshift. We're talking like a box with a chair back nailed to it. I mean, like, this is not, this is, this is very much not a place to live. This is a place to die. And the way that they put it, you know, a warehouse for storage until she could be converted into cash. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, oh. my heart was breaking. Yeah, I, oh, we share a face. So, um, November 28th, 1909, Caroline comes by. Because it's just, apparently it's just Virginia and O.C. living there at this point. Aunt Virginia and O.C. living there. Caroline comes by. She doses O.C. up with some morphine, a good deal of it. And says, you know, take it here, take a bath. We'll, we'll get you into the bath. And the next day, 24 hours later, mm-hmm. Virginia calls the police and says that a woman has drowned herself in the bathtub in an accident. Yeah. Police send Dr. Herbert M. Simmons, who is the assistant county physician, to, to look over everything. He finds O.C. in the bath. 
Her head is under the faucet. She is naked and she is emaciated. And near her is, you know, is her clothing. And there's a note on it. Yeah. And it reads, Last year, my little daughter died. Other near and dear ones have gone before. I want to join them in heaven. I have been prostrated with illness for a long time. When you read this, I will have committed suicide. Do not grieve for me. Rejoice with me that death brings a blessed relief from pain and suffering greater than I can bear. O.C.W.M. Sneed. Yeah. It is heart-wrenching and absolutely brutal and totally not what happened. Yeah. Because Simmons says... This woman didn't die today. And he's seeing all the, the disconnect between, you know, like, okay, so you live here, right, Virginia? And she's like, and she, she's very reluctant to answer questions a lot of times. She's very... Uh, Cannot she, you she, just leave me alone? <laughs> I must I must put my veil down. Mm-hmm. She She's very... She gets a little combative and gets a little indignant at times. And she, you know, says, well, I, I put her in the bathtub yesterday. I, I, I helped her. I, I warmed the water for the bath. And she said, don't disturb her. So I, I, I didn't in over 24 hours, even though there's only one bathroom mm-hmm. and I hadn't heard one word from her. So from all I, for all I knew, she was still in the bathtub 24 hours later. I never thought of that. This woman probably took a shit or a piss. Oh, that's horrifying. I didn't think of that too. Next to her. I really desperately wish that you hadn't thought of that. But no, that's like the Can fucking Can we edit disrespect. real life like like we edit this podcast and oh. edit out the part in my brain where you said that? But that's like the fucking... I'm going to give you temporary editing power over my brain, Scott. Just for this one occasion. Just okay. once. Lean over here. I'm going to jam okay. this pen right. in real deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is highly disrespectful. Or She did say that she'd gone out on a couple errands, but still 24 hours. At some point, she had to have used the bathroom. And that is absolutely just... That is gruesome and horrifying and... Ugh, ugh. I'm so, I'm so angry and sad, and she has my face. Yeah. I think we know what the episode title is going to be, <laughs> because I've repeated it 18 times. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm still having trouble getting over this. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what my next therapy session is going to be about. Let's just say that. You've done acting gigs, though, so I mean, there's a, there's a better than average shot that you could play O.C. in the movie. Better than average? I'm pretty sure, unless I have a twin I don't know about out there, then I'm the only person who should play O.C. Please don't take this the wrong way, but if Angelina Jolie wants to play O.C. Sneed, she's going to get to play O.C. Sneed. You're not wrong, and also, uh, I'm quite a bit older than O.C. was when she died. Uh, She was 24, we should say. You look good for a year. You could pass for 24. Thank you. When I was looking at her, I was like, I'm proud at least that I still look like her because I'm a little bit older, and so that's nice. Thank you very much. You absolutely could pass for 24. Thank you. I could pass for 60. (laughs) No, absolutely you could not. (laughs) Every time you tell me your age, I'm like surprised again. I I temporarily forget it, and then you tell me your age, and I'm like, what? Yeah, 40... Forty-six soon. See, I don't. I, I always think of you as as around my age. Yeah, it's it's weird. So anyhow, back to the horrifying awfulness. So they take Virginia to the station because they have some questions, and mm-hmm. she refuses to cooperate at that point. She was already not very cooperative. You know, it's very very indignant. Like I don't understand why I must answer these questions. Why why must you be so rude and ask yeah. these questions? This is like because someone died in a bathtub in your house twenty four yeah. hours ago. They're asking stupid questions like. Why was O.C. treated this way? 
uh, what's up with the several life insurance policies that we mm-hmm. found? And oh, oh, this is a this is just kind of an afterthought. Why are there multiple suicide notes? Oh, they don't find those until a little bit later when they when 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 they finally find Caroline. Ah. So, but in the in the meantime, it's getting. Uh, lots and lots of press. They're calling it the bathtub mystery. And so they... Uh, There's something filthy about that. The bathtub mystery. Who took a shit in the tub? <laughs> oh my god! We call it a steam hammer. That's whenever you take a shit in the shower and you let the steam carry the scent to the rest of the occupants of the household. I was deluded to think that I could actually have my mother listen to this episode. <laughs> Oh, me and my delusions. So the police find... I'm going to get back to some, some press reports on this in a, in a few minutes because I, I do want to go over those, but I, I also want to kind of stick to the timeline. The police find Dr. Pettit. Mm-hmm. He tells him everything, and then they manage to track down Mary Sneed. She's taking care of uh, all of their mother, their you know good old granny, mm-hmm. um, in, in a basement apartment, apartment. And then, you know, eventually they find Caroline who is staying under a false name uh, at a New York hotel. And the register also, in addition to the false name, claims that she's from Pennsylvania. But she didn't bother to change out of the very recognizable all-black widow's weeds get-up that she wears. Her anti-hero costume. Her villain costume. She didn't bother. That's like if Superman was, like, just wandered into into the, the, the news office and was like, Hey... I'm John Smith. He didn't even try Clark Kent. Yeah. You know? I'm John Smith from California. It's it's just very stupid. It's very, very stupid that she didn't think, oh, this might be very recognizable because it stands out. Yeah. So, yeah, they managed to grab it's her. It's probably not her clothes. She's probably naked the entire time. It's just her fucking black soul leaking forth from her wicked pores. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that may very well have been. And so, in the hotel room, they find almost 100 suicide notes very much like the oh, one yeah. that was found near O.C. I found a couple of them. Oh, dear. Okay, yes. all right. So, suicide note. We're going to call this suicide note B. Last year, my little daughter died. Other near and dear kindred, too, have gone to heaven. I long to go there, too. I have been ill and weak a very long time now. Death will be a blessed relief to me in my sufferings. When you read this, I will have committed suicide. My sorrow and pain in this world are greater than I can adore- endure. And suicide note C, when you read this, I will have committed suicide. Do not grieve over me. Rejoice with me that death brings a blessed relief from pain and suffering greater than I can bear. So you can just see the, the, the taking pieces from mm-hmm. one and making it the, you know, like just solely the other. You can, you can see the edits there. And as a writer, I understand the need for multiple drafts. But, A, this is grim as fuck. I'm going to go ahead and start saying the F word since my mom's not going to listen to this. Um, and, uh, Hi, fucking mom. <laughs> <laughs> You've met my mother, you know. I know I have. <laughs> and hey. uh, So, yeah, it, 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 it's grim as fuck. And to, to write that many and obsess over it that much, yes, I understand that you're trying to avoid being caught for a crime, but then you didn't think to maybe wear She keeps green? them. She keeps them. And she keeps them, yeah. Trophies. She doesn't throw them away. They're fucking trophies. She's proud of them. She is. And I also think that she is so arrogant that she thinks that she can't get caught. That's why she, she takes these little steps like staying under a false name, but she doesn't take other steps like changing her clothing or her appearance. You know, those are the big steps because she's like, oh, I just need to take a few small steps. They'll she, never find me. She sits at night 
and fucking giggles over these. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. I have no proof, but I just see her like reading these notes again going, I really, I have that fucking OC. I got her and I'm rich off of her and no one will ever figure it out. Or at the very least smirking. Yeah. yeah because she's just, she's heartless and evil. And so, and they also find more insurance policies. They had found some at the at the apartment in East Orange, and they find more in the hotel room. And so, the life insurance companies they actually do an investigation. And uh, on December seventh, nineteen oh nine, the same day that OC is buried, uh, I found a Times Dispatch article on Virginia Memory, which was a very handy website. They have like all kinds of like articles, including uh, newspaper. Uh, Articles, including newspaper articles. Their articles are built around the newspaper articles that they find that are related to Virginia topics. Uh, which, you know, the the college was in Virginia. So, uh, And I'm going to go ahead and just quote from this Times-Dispatch article. Insur- insurance companies made public today a mass of evidence which showed that the death of Mrs. OCWM Sneed came at the very moment when the Wardlaw family was about to be overwhelmed with the pyramid of policies heaped on various members of the family. It was also pointed out that the body of young Mrs. Sneed was found dead in a bathtub in a lonely New Jersey home on the very day which ended the Wardlaw family's two weeks lease of the house. So Virginia was just like, I could call the police today... But we have another day on the lease, so I guess I'll just call. I'll just call. I'll just call tomorrow. That'll be that'll be fine. The report said that Virginia had paid premiums on three five thousand dollar life insurance policies the day before OC's death, and not only that, she went to a drugstore and she tried to buy chloroform. Mm. So you can see what we were talking about earlier with the scopolamine. You know, why we said not out of the realm of possibility because we've got morphine coming into play. We've got chloroform. Scopolamine, I feel, even though it was available in the United States, it seems a little bit more exotic, not as well known, especially since we know what morphine and chloroform are. And until we did the Dr. Crippen story, we had never heard of scopolamine. I mean... mean, But maybe that's just because it fell out of favor or whatever. Possibly because... Who knows what laudanum is anymore? I yeah, think I know we what do. Is. I think yeah. we do, but I think we're in in the vast minority of people who know what laudanum is. Yeah, that's and true. And at, at that time, I mean, hell, like uh, Germany, meth use was common and mm-hmm. encouraged. Uh, in America, we had a soft drink that had cocaine in it. That is true. That is very true. So I think I think drug use was a lot more casual in those days. Radium. Jesus Christ. Yeah, right? People were getting cancer off their fucking watches. We had glow-in-the-dark watches that had that had radium right on the dials so you could read the time in the dark. Oh, and get this. Th- whenever I was a kid, in Myersdale, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. there was a shoe store where they had an x-ray machine on all the time. Why? Why do you need an x-ray machine in a shoe store? So you can stick your kid's foot underneath to see how the bones are lining up in the shoe to make sure they're not cramped. Or you can just ask them how it feels and then push the toe like my mom always did to see if there was room to grow or if was too much or too little. There was an x-ray machine. An x-ray machine. We'll just bring an x-ray machine in instead of poking the toe. Okay, sure. So. Fuck. uh, Fuck, yeah. Um... So many people in Marsdale have cancer. Why is the highly radioactive shoe store? I can't imagine why. The radioactive shoe store. So... The terror from 1973. The medical examiner (laughs) comes out 
And he gives the cause of death, and it's drowning with a side of starvation. Starvation being a contributing factor mm. to the death. Um, she weighed 80 pounds. Fuck. 80 pounds. That is, again, it's just absolutely brutal. And then a handwriting expert comes along. So we're bringing in handwriting experts now. We're starting to get modern in 1909. Mm -hmm. And he says, the text of this note is different from the signature. And it was also noted that the, the text was written with a, a firm hand. You know, somebody, somebody who had eaten in the last week. And, but O.C. was pretty weak. So it, it, was, it was kind of like, a, I don't think she wrote this. So Virginia's arraigned. She re refuses to remove, she will only remove her black veils when the judge threatens her. The judge has threatened her probably with contempt of court, I would imagine. And that, then she does remove them. She... The goodness of the sunlight burns. Yes. Mary Sneed is jailed. Uh, the insurance policies, all told, the insurance policies totaled over $30,000. In 2018 dollars, that's $827,000. And they had used the policies even as collateral. It wasn't even enough for them to potentially get almost a million dollars. They used them as collateral for loans and went into in, into severe debt. It's absolutely, it's just bonkers. And so Caroline, of course, is also jailed. And one of her jailers has something to say that was very interesting to read from the Ooh. Malefactors Register. Ooh, okay. Quote, why, she can even make us keepers do almost anything she wants us to do. End quote. What? Yep. The fuck. Exactly. Do you yeah. see what... Th this is, once a again... A jailer. Somebody, a guard at a correctional facility mm -hmm. said she can make us do whatever she wants. She's a prisoner. It's not supposed to work that way. Th and this woman... Here's the thing. This woman does not look like... Oh, she's a gorgeous bombshell. I want you to picture, like, Jonathan Winters. <laughs> yeah. Like a... Hey, you want some of this, big boy? Uh, I, I, I'm going to have to look them up to remember whether it was Caroline or Virginia, but, but one of them, again, I'm saying very strong, very strong resemblance to the stepmother, the evil stepmother in Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah, so, and and not the, the oh, it's not Angelina Jolie, the, the one with Drew Barrymore, um, and uh, the stepmother is played by, oh, I love her acting in that too. She just chooses scenery in such a beautiful way. And her name is escaping me. I gotta find this out. It's gonna drive me nuts. Oh, that's here, okay. There's my face again. There's my face again. There's my face again. Uh... Angelica Houston. Oh. I knew it started with an A. Angelica Houston gives me the sexy creeps. <laughs> yes, yes. You could, yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. She's, she has that look of like, she's either going to kill me or fuck me, and I'm kind of okay with both. <laughs> yeah. Maybe at the same time. Yeah. All at once. So, yeah, the press starts calling them the Sisters in Black. They managed to track down Fletcher. Good old Fletcher. We're bringing him back. Mm -hmm. Just momentarily. Um, he's living under the alias John Lucas. For a long time. Anytime that I would do any business here in Johnstown so my family wouldn't find me, I used an alias. Art Vandalay? No. <laughs> Castleman Davis. Castleman Davis. Okay, yes. Yes. Okay, I've seen you use that name. Yes. Right? So Castleman Davis was uh, was was an alias that I used. Now nice. I use my favorite river and the mountain I used to live on. The Castleman okay. River, Mount Davis. So that's where that name came from. Which sidebar, did you see that they removed the 
old N-word mountain? Yes. Sign? So yes, in the, Maryland. The, the mountain I grew up on. We No, we don't need to go in this. We can just tell them to listen to all of our episodes That's and find true. it eventually. That's true. Go on a scavenger hunt for when Scott talks about the, the horribly racist name of the mountain. It's so. N-word mountain. Yeah, but to, to, to hear the, the, the interesting tale there, so... <laughs> Fletcher is cleared, actually, uh, pretty quickly. He ends up dying in L.A. He's living under the name Fletcher again. So everything, I mean, that's that's almost all we have of him. Or he was never seen again. Yeah. <laughs> Sources very, very wildly. wildly. Ooh, yeah. wet now. I nice. Nice. Yeah, Fletcher, I, I feel like the only, like, really the only thing you have to do to be cleared of any charges don't dress completely in black. Yes, yes, you're good, you're good. And he's also been there for God knows how long. Yeah. So, August 12th, 1910. Uh, there hasn't been a trial of any sort yet. Virginia, in, in the jail, she starved herself to death. Good. Went almost the same way that poor Osi did. There's a certain justice in that. There really it? is, and it's really almost the only justice we're going to get. She had been giving her food uh, either to other inmates or, you know, if the other inmates were full or something, I don't know, to the rats in her cell. So Her she, only friends. Her only friends. And even people. three of them didn't like her. I was going to say, even the people who she gave the food to didn't like her. Even the rats didn't like her. So, uh, and that, that death really, you have to wonder, because that death really hurt both of the cases against Mary and Caroline. So you have to wonder. She wasn't talked into that by a certain someone who's known for talking people into things. I just, I, it was the thought that I had. Again, we don't know for sure. Rampa speculation. It's, it's, we don't know, but doing something that severe, either that or maybe it was guilt of some kind and or making a statement. I don't know. We have no idea. She didn't leave 100 suicide notes. I don't want to say. It was, and nobody left 100 suicide notes for her. I don't say it was Carolyn wrangling up demons to do her bidding. <laughs> But I'm saying that is an option. It is an option as well. Caroline, speaking of, does have a psych exam. The case is pretty much dropped against Mary, but Caroline still has a case uh, against her. And it's said that she would just freak out. She would go just erupt with this just white hot fury multiple times during the psych exam. It seems like it would took a while. And in January 1911... She pleads no contest to manslaughter. And she's expecting, you know, either she's been led to believe or she just expects because, oh, it's, it's life and everything goes my way and I'm psychotic. She's expecting a light sentence. She gets seven years, which maybe it's a light sentence for manslaughter, but manslaughter, but it seems like you should do more time than that. Yeah. And she just does. She freaks out and has to be carried out on the chair she's in. Oh my gosh. I know that was, that was an absolutely bonkers details. Some more bonkers details were she claimed that she accidentally overdosed OC on morphine and then freaked out, put her in the tub and jotted off a suicide note. Uh, when she, the sentence was read, she fought, screamed, and collapsed. That's thanks to the Times-Dispatch. And she another... She actually fought the sentence. The words flying through the air. She swiped at them and clawed. <laughs> yes, with her long, her long talons. Her, I said tendrils. Both. Yeah, and her talons and her this, tendrils. This woman's a fucking H.P. Lovecraftian she nightmare. She absolutely is. She's nothing if not a nightmare. And uh, let's just bring H.P. Lovecraft into it, sure. She accuses the prosecutor of killing O.C., 
this is that at that I actually like burst out laughing at that point. It was one of my few moments of levity and relief during this was bursting out laughing and at that and I just had a moment. I just had a thought because all this time I've been feeling like I can leave this case behind when we're done and not have that face out there. For some reason I tricked myself and now I just had the realization that that face is still out there. And I want to cry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. This maybe maybe if wow. I can't I really, I'm like We're on my take last a break. page. It's okay. We're gonna no, take no. a break. I can continue in a minute. I can. I'm. I'm good at this. I go to therapy and then I walk out and, like, okay. you know, like I'm a normal person afterwards. I'm just gonna use my sweater. And it's okay. You can hey. leave this on. You can know. You can leave this on the air. Honestly. Really? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I listen to it, if I listen to it and and I, you know, I, I decide I don't want it on the air, I will. I will uh, send it to you. Or not send it to you. You'll yeah. have access to yeah. it. Uh, I'll I'll tell you like yeah maybe actually take it out. But honestly, this is this is how I feel, and I feel it, that it, it it's something you can't understand until you actually see that face that's exactly like yours. That's almost like a twin, and it just oh my god, the it, emotions just piled up until now. And it, I, I thought we would be done, and I would release it, would just be done, and then I realized that it's never going to be done. See, I think what you're doing, I, and and I think what we're doing is honestly a beautiful thing because. We're letting people. We're letting people know this stuff happened, and this stuff will happen again. And in a weird way, we're kind of getting justice. Hopefully, somebody will hear this and realize that they're in a very similar situation. Yes, yes. Because it still happens to this day. Let's uh, let's give a couple of hotline numbers. Yes, please. Um, so, trust us. I, I know from experience. I know. And you might not even realize that you're being abused. You're being, you know, you're, you are in this situation, but there is help out there for you. There absolutely is help. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there's the hotline.com or sorry. No, I apologize. The hotline.org. Their number is uh, 1-800-799-7233. If you are hearing impaired, the TTY number is 1-800-787-3224. And there, that is the hotline.org. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is actually the same uh, because it's uh, it's the hotline. Okay, I didn't realize that was the National Domestic... I didn't realize that it was the same because the hotline.org pops up like all over mm -hmm. the search results for that. Yeah, and if you, if you need help remembering that, that's 1-800-799-SAFE. I'm going to give everybody a little pro tip too. Control Shift P on Firefox opens up a private window. Mm -hmm. Incognito mode, yes. yes. It's very, very important. Very important. If you are a Chrome user, Control Shift N will do the same thing. Try not to leave footprints. Get out as soon as you can. And there are there are places you just need to ask for the help, and the help will be made available to you. And domestic violence isn't doesn't necessarily have to be partner to partner violence. It can definitely you know as we're saying this is domestic violence. This is in a household, in a family, and it's abuse taking place there. So so yeah, get the help you need. And I, I have to also realize that. There are people much worse off than me, a person who has seen a picture of a murder victim who has my face. And in fact, that murder victim was far worse off. And I'm glad that we are um, doing something, like, I, I think in her honor, uh, let it, letting people know where they can get help if yeah. they need it. We make jokes 
Yeah. God knows we make jokes. Think of it as the spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. Yeah, yeah. It is the the entire time I was I was reading this. Like I had nothing but the utmost sympathy for Osi. Oh, well, I mean, obviously I did. Yes, yeah. she has my face. Yeah. And if I have to say, I don't think I have to remind you, but it's just the the feeling of it is still it's stuck with me, and I think it's gonna be. I've been I had such weird dreams last night, man. Such weird dreams of people taking things from me. That was what all my dreams centered around was people taking things from me, and it was very strange and unpleasant, and I and I knew I was gonna have weird dreams too. So, all right, we need to. Okay. You ready to get back to it? I'm ready to get back to it when you are, buddy. Okay, Take I'm ready. Take all the time I'm you need. I'm good. I just, I, I drifted off there. I needed a moment to have that realization of, oh no, this is going to continue. Uh, so, but it, it's okay because I don't think OC should go away. I think that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly wear her face and carry her memory and, you know, uh, do what, what she was not allowed to do yeah. and, and, and live. So, so yeah, uh... I don't even care that I said so, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> a quote from Caroline when she was sentenced. I am innocent. I never injured my daughter or anyone else, living or dead. I am as innocent in the sight of God as you are, Judge Ten Eyck. The, the judge's first name was Ten and his last name was Ike. Um, and that's from the Malefactor's Register again. And she, of course, of course, you know, you, you get the day that you're supposed to show up to jail when you've been mm -hmm. sentenced to manslaughter for, you know, killing your daughter. And what do you show up in, Scott? What, what, what outfit do you choose? I mean, it's tough to choose an outfit for such a momentous occasion. What would you choose? Me, personally, a clown costume. But okay, if you were, if you were, if you were, uh... Oh, this woman? Caroline. Oh, black. Yes, her whole full widow's weeds get up. Uh, widow's weeds, in case anybody doesn't know from just the context, it's what you know. Widows normally wore black after a, a death. You, you know, when you're in mourning, everybody wore black for a while mm -hmm. in the old times, and uh, you know we still wear black to funerals and such. But it was a long period of time. They would have to have a full black ensemble and outfits, you know, multiple different outfits all in black. So widow's weeds, they, I believe that's the only meaning of the term. It's just like the clothes widows wore. Right. So, uh, which sounds so lovely. Widow's weeds. I mean, these poor people have lost a, a loved one. Do we have to also call the clothes they're wearing weeds? Can we call them widow's flowers? Anyhow, I'm weird. Widow swag. Widow swag. There we go. So she actually is not there for very long because they send her off to the state hospital because she is pulling her usual, you know, she, she's she's doing the rages and stuff and she's getting hysterical. Uh, hysterical. Uh, and uh, in June of 1913, she died. Good. And uh, yeah, good, good, good. We're well rid of her. And Mary Sneed is a free woman. She and that's such a, isn't it? That's and she, such she a. She seems bitch. like the least involved, but she had to have still had a part, or at least known and not tried to stop yeah. it. Here's the reason Mary walks. Caroline pleads guilty to manslaughter. You can be an accomplice to murder. You can't be an accomplice to manslaughter. And she fucking walks. She fucking walks. She moves to Colorado, and then to California. We only we hear from her in 1937. By, by the way, Colorado and California, I'm sorry, two places that I would love to move to. And, and why does this bitch to get down? I'm stuck in cold ass Pennsylvania. Well, to be fair, Colorado can be pretty cold sometimes, and depending on what part of California yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, but the weed is so cheap there that you don't mind the cold. Probably true. <laughs> 
So we hear about her again in 1930 because somebody cracks open a bank vault in Tennessee and finds $500 in diamonds. Fuck. That's $7,500 in today's money uh, converted from 1930 that apparently were Virginia's money. They, or, or, they were Virginia's diamonds. So and Mary is her sole surviving relative. You know, everybody around the, Caroline and Virginia has, has died, except for Mary, really. And, and, I mean, Fletcher wasn't really around after a while, so he managed to survive. And so Mary gets them. And a quote from her. My sister Virginia was an angel on earth. The bare truth is that Mrs. Martin, that's Caroline, mm-hmm. had been insane for years. She should have been put away years before. But Virginia thought she could care for her. We were a proud and distinguished family, and you know how one tries to keep family, such family misfortunes quiet. I do not call O.C. Sneed's drowning a murder. I was away at the time, and the only person who could tell exactly what happened that terrible day is dead. But the deeds of an insane person cannot be called murder. I disagree, especially when it's a malignant madness of the type that Caroline really had. And then the last we hear of her, 1937, Mary Sneed died. So at least she only had seven years to enjoy, you know, beautiful California and and diamond money. (laughs) Yeah, still. O.C. was buried December 7th, 1909 in Mount Hope Cemetery beside her father, her seven-year-old brother, Mm -hmm. and her two-day-year-old infant. And uh, what a shame! Absolutely, what a shame. There's, there's a certain like a certain thing like like the people that H. H. Holmes killed, the people that Bell Gunnis killed. You know, some of the heavy hitters that we've we've talked about. Mm-hmm. It's relatively quick. Yeah, no, this was this, this was, was fucking drawn out. I want to say this was her entire life because. They never really seemed to like her. They never liked her. They always just treated her horribly. And, yeah, and not just her mother, but also her aunts. Mm-hmm. And so I think her entire life was, was, by and large, miserable with a few bright spots here and there. I mean, yeah, one of them was her cousin, but okay. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll give her that. I'll give her that. She had so little, so at least she had some happiness for a time. Yeah. Whether I disapprove or society disapproves or not, whatever. It's a real flowers in the attic yeah. type situation. Yeah. Yeah. So that has been O.C. Sneed. And we've gone on for an hour and 43 minutes or however much it'll there, be after Scott. There's going to be a lot it. of trimming. Trims it, yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if you want to do a five minute crimey. Let's do a five minute crimey. Because I have one that it was, I, I mentioned it to you before. Um, it's. <laughs> It was. I, Have I, some fun, Christy, with this crime. I absolutely will, even though it's 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 kind of gruesome and brutal, but it's not. It's it's gruesome and brutal in a fun way. You know, you know how. It Did is. he make balloon animals out of the victims' intestines? <laughs> I mean, you're not terribly brutal. <laughs> um, a little five minute crimey. I need a palate cleanser, and this is definitely an interesting one. This I have I, I don't know where she's going with this, so I'm extremely interested. Yeah, this is this is a this is this one has some twists and turns. This is Big Nose George. Uh, also known as Big Beak Parrot. Uh, his, his real name was George Manus or George Warden. Uh, he was a highwayman cattle wrestler in the West. Uh, in, in, uh, and this is all from Wikipedia, by the way. And so he was actually born in France, but ended up dying in Wyoming. As most French people do. Apparently so. 
so he's doing his thing, uh, you know, being living living a, a kind of. It seems like his his crimes were fairly mild in comparison with many of our, the other outlaws, but and so he's arrested in Miles City, uh, and he's. <laughs> He's been pretty much an idiot. <laughs> he and his his partner they bra- got drunk and bragged about killing uh, two deputies, two Wyoming uh, policemen, and so they're he's taken to Wyoming uh, on a murder charge. So he actually does have a trial. He's he's sentenced to hang. Uh, he tries to escape, and. At one point, he waited until the jailer was around and then hit him over the head with the shackles on his ankles that he'd managed to remove. I'd like to think he didn't remove him. He just did like a little backflip. Got him. <laughs> that would be nice, but he actually did manage to to use the rivets, uh, file the rivets away uh, and get the, the shackles off. So, yeah, he actually fractured the skull of his jailer, oh. Robert Rankin, and Robert Rankin actually is he he's 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 trying to you know like get get Big Nose George in line and he yells out to his wife Rosa and she gets a gun and manages to and I love the Wikipedia article managed to persuade him to return to his cell. Well, I think when you have a gun, it's a little more forceful than persuasion, but I'm fine with that. Will you please, if you don't mind, pretty please, cherry on top. So this and by cherry I mean forty four caliber <laughs> slugged to the goddamn brain pan. That's what we call a cherry around here. Enjoy your ice cream Sunday. So this gets around town. People find out that he tried to escape and that everything, all this happened, and so people actually uh, come in. Rankin is still the jailer is still getting over the fact that he, he had his skull fractured, and so they grab uh, Big Nose George out of his cell, and then there's a lynch mob. And there's a telegraph pole. And you can imagine what happened there. So this is a fairly normal story of an outlaw that it comes to the kind of the end that we expect an outlaw to come to. Not necessarily the justice that the law had planned for him, mm-hmm. but a certain kind of justice if vigilante. And then it gets weird. I love when it gets weird. It gets weird. So his remains... There were a few doctors, and they claimed the remains after his death because they want to look at his, his brain. So they cut off the top of his head, and they give it to 15-year-old Lillian Heath. <laughs> Here, what do you see? Who was one of their uh, medical assistants. She actually would go on to be the first female doctor in Wyoming. Really? And uh, also the only female doctor in Wyoming, I'm assuming, to use an outlaw's skull cap as alternately an ashtray pen holder or a doorstop depending on her mood reduce reuse recycle exactly exactly she's just she's just thinking of our planet is all um they made a death mask of his face they took the skin off of his chest and thighs and all of it all the chest including the nipples sent it off to denver because apparently there are tanneries that just don't ask any questions and it's made into a pair of shoes and a medical bag so those are some fancy emblems on the uh, front of your uh, loafers there. What are they? Nipples? God damn! And that question would be asked to one of the doctors who took possession of the body. 
Where uh, are this man's nipples? Well, no, the question of, you know, like, what are those emblems on, on your shoes? Because he wore them <laughs> to his inaugural ball <laughs> after being elected governor. Oh, he wore fantastic. human skin shoes. Let's call it what it is. Human skin nipple shoes. Yes. And they, oh my gosh, they actually, uh, about, I think it's about 80 years later, but I'm not going to be precise with this because math and I'm not feeling like it. 1950. So we're well out of the, the old West times. They find a whiskey barrel filled with bones, uh, in, uh, while they're working on a bank. They find a skull with no top, uh, shoes, which apparently... Either were different shoes made of uh, Big Nose George's uh, thighs or uh, the same shoes that the doctor wore to his uh, governor inaugural ball. And so they actually contact now Dr. Lillian Heath. It couldn't have been 80 years later. I think she was 80 years old was the math that I did when I found this story. Yeah, she's in her 80s. And they ask her, Can you, could, you, could you give us that skull cap? If you wouldn't mind like maybe using an ashtray you buy from the store. You know, or a doorstop you buy from the store. And she's just like, yeah, I just picture like skull. eating a bowl of cereal out of a <laughs> out of a weirdly shaped white bowl. Going, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. But she does send it back, and they they manage to confirm that it was Big Nose George's. Uh, the shoes are currently you can visit them at the Carbon County Museum in Rollins, and I'm being shown a picture of them right now. Those are that's. That's creepy. That is. Uh, and but stylish. Yeah. <laughs> they also made. I don't remember if I mentioned this or not because I got hung up on the shoes. But they also made a medicine bag out of his skin. That's still out there. That is wild. Isn't that absolutely nuts? Yep. There's his skull with the skull cut off uh, or the top cut off. We can oh. uh, we can put some of these pictures up. Uh, the ones that aren't too gruesome. So. So yeah, that's the story of Big Nose George following up the story of O.C. Sneed, in which I had a little bit of a psychological break, but I'm okay now. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm ready to be done. Are you ready to be done, Scott? I'm ready like, to be done. I feel like I've, I've purged with the story of Big Nose George. I've had one break during the show. You've had one break during, during a show. Yeah, we're even now. Yeah, we're even now. It yeah. only took a, a few more episodes, in Matt, which I'm a crier, so that's weird. No, I'm a crier, too. Oh, okay. I I'm an, I find that as I get older, mm-hmm. I get weepier. And I think it's because as you get more experiences under your belt, you become able to empathize mm-hmm. more strongly with, with situations out there. Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, a good chicken soup commercial will throw me into hysterics. Mm. So it's completely okay. All right. And I'll let you know after I listen to this, whether I'm okay with keeping it, but honestly it feels, it felt, it was very real. Not that I'm ever fake or anything, but it was a very real moment that honestly, I, I both felt the 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 creepiness of this will never go away and the the tragedy of this happened to this poor woman like all at once it felt like and because this will never go away because I will always have that connection to her it's not like I can just put the case behind me right. like I normally would I'm able to do it it's not always easy 
but I'm, I'm able to put the case behind me eventually after I get a little distance from it. This one, I, I don't think, I, I think this one will stay with me forever. And I think I'll, I'll very occasionally, you know, like look, look her up. It's weird because we don't, unless we share some genetic material, just our appearance is all that we share. And even, even that she was known to have auburn hair, which my natural color is like a dirty blonde, brown eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm blue eyed. So yeah, even even our appearance wasn't exact if it wasn't for the you know the black and white. But oh my gosh, you guys just look at the um, what I'm imagining is going to be the episode art because I'm, I'm not gonna be able to help myself and I'm also gonna creep myself out more. And look on our Facebook page and on our Twitter and on our Reddit because uh, I'm I'm going to post these pictures because I am just absolutely just gobsmacked by my weird connection to this woman. It is the strangest damn thing. Well, I think she would have been proud of you. Honestly. Well, I mean, she never knew me. <laughs> would have. <laughs> she would have been proud to share my face. Yes. Yes. Well, I think she would have been proud that you're. Thank you. y- that you're bringing, you know, this to attention, and we're not. We're. I mean, there is some entertainment value to it, but at the same time, it's a cautionary tale, and we're. It's awareness. Yeah, we're trying to get other it's... people that are in that situation out of it. So I think she'd be very proud of you. And it's not disappearing. Even if our story is sad, grim, or gruesome, if stories are all we are, eventually. That's all that's left of us, eventually, is stories. I I, I think of, of death, and I'm terrified, but then I think of the day that there's nobody around that to tell a story about me. And I get more than terrified I get. Because I have, I have issues with... I have, that's why I'm in therapy. Uh, death. But I get so incredibly melancholy it's not even sad necessarily it's just this feeling of melancholy and so yeah we're not by any in any way like patting ourselves on the back like oh we joke around about murder for Mm -hmm. an hour and a half to two hours every week we're amazing people give us nobel prizes please where's my nobel prize so it's not any in any way that but honestly telling these stories and especially going back into the past like this we're keeping the memory alive because nobody else you know, there, there's not... It, she's all over the internet, yeah. sure, but we're, we're continuing that. We're continuing the progression of her story being told and keeping her alive. So the woman who I share a face with may be dead, but her memory still lives on. And I'm I'm happy to be one of the many people uh, to, to pass, pass that candle and light the next one. Absolutely. I, I don't think there's any better way to end it. So I'm it, just going to go. Have a good week, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.